Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Make your call an election. Your call is an invitation. It is an invitation not only to salvation, but also for what you're going to do, your vocation, what God has created you to do. And I'll be honest with you, if you struggle with this, and, and I did for many, for a number of years when I first got saved, I wanted to know what God's will was for my life. I really wanted to know. And folks, I'll be honest, my life has been a meandering, meandering puzzle. And I've made a lot of mistakes, but God is faithful. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, Peter tells us to be ever more diligent to make your call and election sure. It's possible for an unsaved person to do many moral and religious duties, but these things which Peter wrote about are matters of the heart and should be evident in anyone that is born again. Simply said, if we are called and accept the invitation, then we are elect, then we are born again. And if we are born again, it shows in the way that we live. And now, let's join Pastor Rob as he finalizes this portion of Second Peter chapter 1. When you would rather be wrong so that somebody else could be blessed, that is what love, real love is, because that's the love that was demonstrated on the cross. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. What a paradox. I deserve death, but he took that for me, that penalty, of eternal damnation for eternity. He took that penalty on the cross for me so that I could live, so that you could live. That is true agape love. It makes no sense. The world can't understand it because the world is all about you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You do something for me, I do something for you. But the moment you stop doing something for me, all bets are off. You cease to be my friend, you cease to be useful to me. But God says... Even though you've done nothing and you've gone the opposite direction, even though you're worshiping the devil, I still love you and I'm going to come after you. That's the kind of love. In Colossians chapter 3, Paul again would say, verse 12, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Again, this is a command. Put on these things. Tender mercies. Well, i got better find out what tender mercies is. I need to ask God to give me these tender mercies that I'll be merciful to people. What does it mean? Where is it in the scripture? Where can I see good examples of it? I need to appropriate that in my own life. I need to turn the switch. I need that tender mercy. I need to put on kindness, humility, meekness. I need to put on meekness instead of thinking that I'm something to know that God can do something with nothing. In fact, he prefers to do something with nothing. 
When I think I am nothing, he can do great things. But as long as I am ensconced in my own uh, pride and in my own self-worth, I'm of no use to him. I'm of no value, really, for the kingdom. But I need to put on long-suffering patience. I need to bear with one another, forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do also. But notice this. But above above all these things, verse 14, what? Put on. Put on something. What does he say? Put on love. And it's the same word that we read here in verse 7. Agape. Agape which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Don't you want peace? Don't you want the assurance that you're right with God to know that you're one of his and that he's called you? Are you, are you here this morning and still thinking, I, I really don't know what God has for my, has for me? That's okay. But start today and ask, Lord, what is it that you would have for me to do? You called me. You've elected me. You've chosen me. I need to know what it is. He goes on in verse 8, and he says, But if these things are yours, we're back in Second Peter here, verse 8. For if these things, if these things abound, are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The idea of being barren is basically being lazy. That's the idea. You could read it this way. For if these things are yours and abound, You will neither be lazy nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Philippians, work out your own salvation. Let God, he's he's given you this wonderful deposit, this down payment, this earnest in your heart, the Holy Spirit, work out what he has already placed in. And, And that's something that we have to do under the inspiration and the power of the Spirit of God. You have to put off something, put on something. You've put on Christ, now let's do. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's act like children of God. For verse 9, he who lacks these things is short-sighted. In other words, they're they're like looking through a smoky, like a smoky room. They're they're, they're kind of blinded. He who lacks these things, if if you lack these things, your growth is going to be stunted. You're going to feel less than what you should be, less than what God wants you to be. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be fruitful. But if I'm lacking these things, then I am going to be short-sighted. I'm going to feel like I'm blind. And he goes on and he says, and have you forgotten that you were cleansed from your old sins? Have you forgotten that you've been cleansed? Or do you constantly look back in your past and constantly beat yourself up for the same thing over and over again? For some reason, it's so hideous to you that you cannot allow God to forgive you. You've asked him to forgive you, and he's forgiven you. Yet I go back to the grave site again, and I start digging through the clothes, and I start looking at him again, and the guilt and the fear and the angst come back. The the, the lack of assurance comes back. Why do you do that? Why do you do that? Have you asked him to forgive you? Have you asked, like it says in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from our sins and all unrighteousness. We honor God when we take him at his word. If you've confessed it, confess it and forget about it. Don't look back upon it ever again. Don't bring it up ever again. Because he doesn't. 
Let me read to you. Write these scriptures down because I'll be honest with you. These are going to be a great help to you. I'm going to read the verses to you and I'm going to read them to you. Please write them down because you need to hear these. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, God speaking of Israel yet in the future, he says, No more, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the last of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord. And here it is, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin, I will remember no more. Psalm 103, verse 11 and 12. The author says, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Here it is. As far as the east is from the west, which, by the way, they never meet, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. East to west, they never meet. You can continue to going east all around the earth, and you're going to continue to go east. Does that make sense? You're never going to go west. You're always going east. They never meet. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. Micah chapter 7, beginning in verse 18 and 19. What does it say? Micah 7, verses 18 and 19. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Verse 19, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our enemies. And here it is, you will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. Into the depths of the sea. So why are you looking backward? Why are you looking back on old sins? When he has cast them, far as the east is from the west, they'll never meet. He's cast them into the sea, the depths of the sea. In Isaiah chapter 1. Verse 18, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow by the blood of Christ. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What about Isaiah chapter 38, verse 17? Isaiah 38, verse 17, Indeed, it was for my own peace that I had great bitterness, but you have lovingly delivered my soul from the pit of corruption. Here it is, for you have cast all my sins behind your back. God has a wonderful, perfect memory. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He has the ability to perfectly forget, and he casts your sins behind him. And we, and the devil comes up and says, Well, did you hear about what he did last week? Do you hear about what she did last week? And he's like, I, I, I don't recall. I don't remember. They've asked for forgiveness for that. I'll never look upon that again. I'll never look upon it again. Why? Because you put it under the blood of Christ. It'll never be brought up ever again. The devil will remind you and your flesh will remind you. But guess what? God says, I don't remember it. So why are you remembering it? Isaiah chapter 44, verse 22. Isaiah 44, verse 22. I have blotted out like a thick cloud your transgressions. And like a cloud, your sins return to me, for I have redeemed you. Isn't that wonderful, wonderful scripture? Wonderful. Let's go on to verse 10 here in 2 Peter chapter 1. Verse 10, it says, Therefore, brethren, make your, be even more diligent to make your call and your election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. The idea of a call, make your call an election. Your call is an invitation. It is an invitation not only to salvation, but also for what you're going to do, your vocation, what God has created you to do. And I'll be honest with you, if you struggle with this, and, and I did for many, for a number of years when I first got saved, I wanted to know what God's will was for my life. I really wanted to know. And folks, I'll be honest, my life has been a meandering, meandering puzzle. 
and I've made a lot of mistakes, but God is faithful. And he, if he's faithful in my life, he's going to be faithful in yours because we're no different. We all are a cut of the same cloth. We are no different in God's eyes. Do you want to know what he has for you? Make your call and your election sure. And how do you do that? By doing those things that we read about in verses 5 through 7, by putting on those things. Looking at this list and saying, God, I need more of this. I'm not very patient. Well, you better start praying about God making you patient. And don't be surprised now if you're going to find yourself in situations where your patience is going to be tested and you're going to fail. And it's okay because God sometimes has to show us the, the disease before he can start dealing with it. The doctor had to show me the tumor in my stomach before they could go in and get it out. I had to be shown. There it is. Little brother. I called him little brother. Little brother's gone now, and big brother remains, who has a bigger appetite. Amen? But your calling in your election, your call, your call, it's an invitation. God has invited you, but before he invited you, he called, he, uh, he elected you, and we're going to look at that in just a second. He's invited you to salvation, but he's also created you with a purpose. Do you want to know what God's purpose is for your life? And whatever he has given you to do, do it with all of your heart and finish your course. Finish your course. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, Paul said, whatever you do, whatever you do, and hopefully you're doing it in, in God's will, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father through him. And I love what Paul says in Philippians. He was very aware of this idea. He says, I press toward the goal. For the prize. Are you pressing toward the goal, the prize? The prize is Christ being in His presence. He is the prize. He is what we need. And I can't wait to see Him. I'd give away everything. Would you give away everything right now just to be in His presence? I think we all would. There's nothing that you can attain on this earth that's more valuable than being with Him and having His smile upon your face. I love what Paul said in his final letter to Timothy, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not me only, but also those who love his appearing. You know, people in the Olympics, they, they train strenuously. They train for months ahead of time. And for what? Fame and glory. They get big checks for advertising toothpaste. They get big checks for eating a bag of chips and having their name on the front of a bag of chips. Everything is corruptible. It's a corruptible crown. It's going to vanish one day. But there's a crown that God is going to give you, that he wants to give you, that's more valuable than all that stuff. So if they're willing to do it for an invaluable crown, a corruptible crown, how much more should we put on these things and say, Lord, consume me. Don't be afraid. Why are, you, why are you afraid? I know some of you are afraid. In your hearts you're saying, you know, I want this, but I am afraid. And it's okay. You don't have to, don't feel bad about that to one extent, but do something about it. Let him love you. Get back to him and say, Lord, I want this in my life. Please help me. And the election, in verse 10, it says, make your, not only your call, the fact that, God has uh, given you something to do. He's invited you, right? Make your election sure. The word election there is 
chosen. It's when God chooses you. Have you been chosen by God? If you're here this morning, I suspect that you have been. Hopefully all of us, we've been chosen. You've been elected. He cherry-picked you out of your family. He said, you know what? i got a plan for this one. They don't know it yet, and I've got them, and I'm still, they're still waiting, and they're still wondering. i got a plan for their life. I wanted to know that plan. Do you want to know what his plan is for you? Get to know him. Get to know him, and he will reveal his plan to you. But you are elected. You're elected first, and then you are called. You're given something to do. You're invited to something that God has for you. And your election is sure. It's something, the word there means stable, firm, or steadfast. It's firm. It's something you can trust. It's like bedrock. He said, verse 10, for if you do these things, if you make your call and your election sure, if you do these things, you will never stumble. The idea is to trip up or to error, to sin. doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Are there doubts in your hearts concerning this? The Spirit of God confirms that we are His, and pray for that too. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Paul said to the Romans, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We, we can be that personable with Him. He's not this some kind of existential force out there who's unapproachable. No, He's so approachable. So approachable. And yet why is it that religion has placed up this veil when he tore it apart? There are religions in the world that put the veil back. Shame on them. The veil's been torn. You have access to God. To whom we cry out, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself, notice, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Has that happened to you? Do you know it? Do you know you were chosen by God, that you were elected, that you were cherry-picked? He cherry-picked you. In his omniscience, he knew before the foundation of the world who would those would be that would receive him and those who would not. And you know what? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever, circle it, underline it with pink, whatever you got to do, lipstick, whatever you got in your hand, underline it, circle it, whosoever, that's anybody. So I don't go, I don't fall for this doctrine that says, well, God chose some people to, to heaven and some people to hell. I don't believe that for a minute. Although it is true. But it's, it's only true because of God's knowledge. He knows what people are going to do. But you have the responsibility. And if you're here this morning and maybe you're not born again, I would encourage you, if you're wondering about whether you're chosen, receive Him and you'll find that you've been chosen. It's that simple. <laughs> he knows. Isn't that scary to think about? He knows all things. He knows even those who are going to choose him and ultimately go to heaven. But does that mean that he doesn't give the person who doesn't know or who is who he knows is not going to choose him? Does that mean that he just cuts off all relationship and communication? No, he gives them opportunity after opportunity because man has to be responsible for that. God does not put up a block and say, you cannot go because you're not chosen. No, he's chosen you. And if you have any doubt... Give your heart to him, and you'll find that you've been chosen, and then you walk in that knowledge of him. And you ask. Let him do it. Follow him with all of your heart. Wherever he has you, folks, begin there. You don't have to go do some great thing. If he's got you in a, in a job in a certain place, stay in that place and be fruitful there. 
and let him be God and don't worry about all the other stuff. We think too much. That's, we're designed that way. Think for the future. You know, it's, it's good to think for the future because if I know what the future is, I would have received Christ already. Because I look and I hear what the Bible tells me in the future and I want to be in his side. Surrender your will. Surrender your will. Are you looking forward to that time for verse 11? For so an entrance will be supplied to you, notice, abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Are you looking forward to the time when Jesus will say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Not a lot of things. That's okay. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter the joy of your Lord. Do you want to hear that? More than ever, I want to hear that. And I want my life now to count. So make your calling, make your election sure. Put it on display. Ask God to give you a heart and continue to give you a heart to work out your salvation, work out what God has already done. And all these things that we've been read, putting off these things, putting on these things, put those things on and read them, think about them, and purpose to do them. It's a purposeful thing. It's not going to happen just by osmosis. It's not going to happen by just waking up and going through the motions. You've got to think about it. You got a purpose in your heart to do it. I got a purpose to be patient because when I feel impatience rising, I have the ability to run with it and be more impatient, or I have the ability to say, you know what? I'm getting impatient. <sighs> Lord help. <laughs> and he calms you right down, and all of a sudden you got something. Believe me, his power is available, whatever your need is. But do you call upon him, or does it just feel better? To lash out. Temporarily it does, doesn't it? Putting a hammer through a wall sometimes feels better. <laughs> I don't have a problem with anger, but I know some people who do. But before you do those things, say, Lord, you know me. <laughs> you know I have the propensity, I have the, the will to ram this car into that person in front of me because they deserve it. And then you can say, he can say, well, you can do that. You're going to go to the hospital. They're probably going to go to the hospital. That baby in the back is probably going to get hurt. And then your insurance is going to go up. And then you got $4,000 worth of damage on your car. But feel free to go do that if you want. Or you can just surrender right now to your ugly heart. <laughs> I'll surrender to my ugly heart. Much rather do that. Put it on display. These things. Make your calling and your election sure. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to show you something really quick because I forgot to do it in the beginning. So, Father, we just thank you so much, Lord, for this day. Lord, we pray that, Lord, by your Spirit, you would do that work within us. Lord, that we would make our calling, our election sure, Father. We'd put these things into, and and we'd, we'd, we'd be purposeful in everything we do, Lord, that we wouldn't just go on autopilot. Lord, I'm so sick of being on autopilot, Father. I don't want to be on autopilot. I need to be purposeful in these things. Lord, when I find my flesh rising up and getting angry, I need to think about what I have just read and use it and pray for it, God. Would you please do that in myself and my brothers and sisters, Lord, that we would be the body of Christ fitly joined together, built up in the things of God. Lord, would you help us with this this week and protect us, Lord, as we go out and 
as we go on our vacations this week and next weekend, Father, please protect us, Lord. Keep the camper on the back of the truck. Lord, may all the hamburgers and hot dogs be cooked at the right temperature. Lord, keep the bears away. Lord, you know all these things. Please have your hand upon us, and thank you for your loving kindness toward us, Lord. In Jesus' name. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in Peter's second epistle. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.